Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey and welcome to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast an adulting advice podcast production i'm danny sheriff and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly this podcast aims to educate inform and keep you motivated on your period and ha recovery track let's dive in Quick disclaimer, guys, I am not a doctor and this content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea podcast. Danny here, and I'm here with Carly Owens, and she has a story to tell us, which we all love hearing a good HA story. So Carly, take it away and tell us all about you and how you got caught up in all of this. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be on the podcast. I was super excited when I saw that you're doing it. Um, and like we just talked about before the show, you know, it's really um, empowering and comforting to hear other people's stories. So for me to be able to share mine and possibly help someone else going through the same thing is is super cool and very exciting for me. Um when I first figured out that I had HA, 
Um, for me, it was a very long drawn out process. Um, I didn't know I had it for a very long time. And, um, basically just kind of starting from the beginning when I was younger, I struggled with my weight a lot. Maybe not just when I was younger, probably always my entire life. Um, I've gained and lost like significant amounts of weight throughout my life, starting from 12 years old, even to now being 25. Um, and that's been like a hundred pounds twice lost and gained. So my body was just confused and it was, it kind of got to a point where I was like, we don't know what you're going to do. So we're just going to like shut everything down until you can like figure it out, which is basically what happened. Um, when I was younger, I was overweight, lost about a hundred pounds, ended up gaining it back, lost it again. Um, and during that process, my period stopped. Um, and the last time I remember even having a period was like 2015. Um, and it was very weird because I had like a period that lasted maybe like 45 days. I just bled for 45 days straight and then it stopped and it just never came back. Huh? Yeah. Super strange. Um, and (laughs) I remember it's funny because I had met my husband when we were just dating at the time and I'm just bleeding for like 45 days nonstop. And, um, it was just like, I had no idea what was going on. Like I, it just, it just wouldn't stop. So eventually when it stopped, it just never came back. Um, I had started a very strict ketogenic diet and, um, I was doing, I love high intensity exercise. It's like one of the things that makes me feel like the most alive, I would say. I just always loved it. Um, so a ketogenic diet paired with high intensity exercise for me, um, equaled like being very unhealthy, even though I thought I was being healthy, I guess. Um, just very stressful on my body. And, um, so when I lost my period at the end of 2015, um, it wasn't until like a year later that I, uh, like went to the gynecologist and, um, you know, her solution was to like, let's try Provera, which is like a, a hormone to like start your period. Um, we did like a, an ultrasound and nothing came up there. She wanted to see if there was anything like going on in my uterus or like what was going on. And, um, you know, the craziest part to me and something that I'm really passionate about is like throughout that entire process, I was never once asked like, how much are you working out? Like, what are you eating? You know, it was just like, Oh, you're not having a period. Like, let's just start you on Provera or. Yeah. Which is the, which was the progesterone challenge. Yeah. We actually did two um, progesterone challenges. Like there was one was a seven day challenge that didn't work. So she did it. We did it for another seven days and just nothing and, um, nothing, but I I got like really bad acne and and that's about it that happened. Um, and then, so after that, the next thing was, well, let's just start you on birth control. Um, that's, you know, that was the solution at that time. And, um, so I, I didn't know any better. So I was like, okay, like we can do that. And, and so I started oral birth control that just doesn't work for me. Um, I'm just very sensitive to any kind of, um, I guess change in like brain chemistry that that brings. Cause I just got really like, just emotionally, it just wasn't good for me. Um, it did cause me to bleed, but of course, like as, as I'm sure that we all know, that's not really like a true period. Um, it's just, you know, um, more like a synthetic period, I guess would be the best way to put it. So I only took that for maybe like a couple weeks and then stopped because I just didn't feel good on it. Um, and so I went back to the doctor. Um, then I ended up getting misdiagnosed with PCOS. Um, 
So that was like another part of the journey for me and um, got put on some other medication that of course I didn't even have PCOS. So the medication I was put on didn't work for me because Mm. it wasn't actually treating the correct thing. Um, Did they feel like you had symptoms of PCOS Uh, like, or was it kind of wild? I think it was just kind of like, we don't know what else is going on. So like, Mm -hmm. this is probably the closest thing we can like actually say that you have. Um, Because I didn't have any other symptoms of PCOS. Like I wasn't having um, any of like the common things that you would think would be. like. they hadn't given you an ultrasound either. Uh, They did. And they didn't see any cysts or anything. So um, again, at the time I didn't really know any better. So I kind of just like put my trust in these people that were like dealing with, with what was going on with me. Um, but yeah, again, like at at that same time, I, like, I never even knew HA existed. I had no idea. Um, and so, um, the medic, like I said, the medication I was put on didn't work for me. Didn't make me feel good. I didn't feel like it was doing anything. So I just quit taking that. And then I just didn't go back to the doctor. I'm like, you know what? Like, it's fine. Um, I'll just, I'll figure it out. You know, it's, and and honestly, I kind of just forgot about it. Like it kind of just became something that wasn't super important to me. Um, once I realized it, like, Hey, maybe I just have PCOS and I'm just not going to have a period. I just kind of like, let it go. Um, again, still during that time, still working out. I was doing like high intensity exercise, fasted seven days a week, at least maybe doing two a days. And uh, partially because you thought, because that's sort of what is prescribed for people with PCOS. Yeah. So I was doing a low carb diet, like I said, and and one of the doctors that I went to was like, yeah, just keep doing that. Like, that's great for, Mm -hmm. for what you have. So I'm like, okay, there's some like reassurance that I'm, you know, doing the right thing. And, um, so I kept up with that for a while and it worked for me until it didn't work anymore. And, um, I started getting really bad digestion issues about like the beginning of 2018 and, um, also developed like some mental health stuff that was going on as well. Like some, some anxiety that I had never had before. And, and today I know that that's partially linked to like not being fueled properly. Um, at the time, like I said, I didn't know that. And, um, so started having like some irritable bowel syndrome stuff going on. And, um, that's when I found, uh, my, my primary care doctor that I started working with, who's super great. I mean, he's, uh, like functional medicine. So it's more like a holistic approach, um, in terms of like, let's try to change like your diet and lifestyle first. And then medication would be like more of a last resort. Um, so we did, we did a lot of work together in terms of trying to like heal my gut and, um, and take care of the IBS. And the, the more he got to know me and my, my tendencies, and I a hundred percent have like eating disorder tendencies. I identify as having an eating disorder. Um, and that's been from the time I'm little, even, you know, to now I struggle with it. So as he got to know me and, and, uh, like how much exercise I was doing and my husband and I were running, um, we ran an ultra marathon and a half marathon, like pretty much back to back and just kind of just going nonstop. Um, this man, he, he's not an OBGYN at all. He's a primary care doctor, but he went to two conferences on women's hormones and periods to try to help me and figure out what was going on. And he actually, yeah, just amazing. And he actually reached out to me and he's like, Hey, I'd love for you to set up an appointment, you know, bring your husband. Like I've got some information that I'd like to share with you in terms of like, this is what I think is going on. And, you know, I'm, I was super pumped and like, okay, cool. You know, he's going to give me this, like, the solution that I can do that's mm-hmm. super easy. Right. And so, um, my husband and I, we lived out in Salt Lake city at the time and his office was in Salt Lake city. Um, so 
like, Hey, this is perfect. Like we'll go down there and meet with him and I'm going to like, I'm going to get fixed. Right. And so I go into this appointment and, and he's like, this is what I think you have. It, um, the female athlete triad. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's basically, yeah. you know, or now known as red S. Okay. Yeah. Um, so over-exercising, under-fueling, losing your period, all those things. And he's like, and, 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 and I think you have HA and that's why you're not getting your period. And I was like, okay, like I, that makes sense and stuff. So like, what's the solution, right? Like what do I have to take or what do I have to do? He's like, basically like you just need to move less and eat more. And I'm like, okay, I don't think that's really what I have. <laughs> like I was in denial for sure. Um, because, and I remember sitting there and telling him like, I don't really think that's right because I feel fine. And he's like, well, this is definitely what you have. And it took me a while to like, accept that that was it. But I always deep down, I knew that that was what was going on. Like after he told me that, um, but I was just terrified of the weight gain and the, you know, my identity for such a long time was being someone that's really in shape. I'm a personal trainer. I was the head trainer at a gym at the time for me. So like the thought of, okay, move less and eat more. But my job every day is to like have people moving more and and eating less. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was, that was really, really hard for me to come to terms with. And, um, yeah. So when I first started the most I could do was like half of a sweet potato with like one meal. That was like where I started. Cause I had just been like on this low carb mindset for such a long time. And our treatment plan, my treatment plan with him was you need more carbs. Um, so I started with half of a sweet potato and just like very slowly increased from there. And that was in October of last year. So October, 2019, like towards the end. And I got my first period back in March. So it took me about five and a half months um, of just slowly increasing carbs, eating more, really reducing my exercise. Um, for me, I, I couldn't cut it all out at once. Like I couldn't just go from what I was doing to nothing. Um, and I, I, I listened to your story the other day, Danny, and it was like very similar. Like I just couldn't go with cold turkey. Um, and I definitely can relate to that because I was, like I said, doing, working out seven days a week, sometimes twice a day. Um, but I, I drastically cut back. So I would do, you know, three times a week or two times a week. And then, you know, just very, very slowly cut back and, um, got my first period back in March. And, um, that was like the best thing ever, <laughs> you know, it was like super, I want to yeah. tell everybody about it. Like my neighbors, like, Hey, I got my period. And they're like, Oh, <laughs> you know? Um, but, um, just super exciting because like, the mental work that goes into getting your period back is far more difficult than just like gaining weight. Um, because it does kind of feel like you were just training for a huge event and yeah. then the event happened and it feels weird that you don't get to like show everyone your medal. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> exactly. Like certificate of, of achievement. <laughs> yeah. My poor husband, like the amount of time we talk about periods in our relationship is like probably more than he ever wanted to, but he we just goes with like, it. <laughs> Uh, like a partner's HA support group. <laughs> Seriously. Like my wife told me more about her period today than I wanted to know. But um, yeah, so got my first one back in March. And like throughout that process, oh my gosh, like if I said it was easy, it would be just a lie. It was like every single day was a struggle of like, I see my body changing. And I remember like in my life, not too long ago, a couple years ago, like if you would ask me what my biggest fear was, it would be like gaining weight. 
Mm. Like that was my biggest fear where like your biggest fear should be like your loved ones dying or like, you know what I mean? Just other things. But for me, it was so like controlled by weight and how I looked and, and all these things is just also like so much privilege in that. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like super like just controlled by it. Um, Mm. I mean, I, yeah. So anyway, to stay on track, I, like I said, I got my first period back in March. I was super, super excited about that. And, um, I immediately was like, this means I can like run again and I can go do all this stuff. And, and, and. <laughs> everyone's story so far is the same. Yeah. It is, we get our first period back. Every single person, I think I've done like th- three now yeah. has, has been like, and so then I went back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, I think for me at least, and I don't know if you felt this and if anybody else has felt it, but it's like, once you know that it's not what you're supposed to be doing, that like, even when you go back to do it, it like doesn't feel right. And you're like, Oh, okay. I'm running. But like, I really know I probably shouldn't. At least for me, it was kind of like that. Um, and so I ramped it back up a little bit. Um, and I, I got my first period in March. I didn't get one in April and then I got another one in May. Um, but I had, I'd cut back the exercise again because I, since I didn't get one in April, I knew I needed to, to cut back. So I kind of just went back to what I was doing, you know, just a couple days a week. Um, some walking stuff like that um and I did all of that like on my own um and every single day was a constant like maybe I just shouldn't care about my period you know we I don't want to have we don't want to have kids right now so it doesn't really matter I just need to like get back in shape and you know it was like a teetering thing every single day of like I don't know if I'm doing the right thing I don't know if I'm eating the right thing um, so similar to your story, I hired someone to help me <laughs> do that because left to my own device that I would be back to losing weight and, and dieting and exercising again. So, um, I started working with Laura Lyons who, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I love her. She is amazing. And, um, she has just been great in terms of like helping me figure out how I should be eating for my body, what my body needs. And the biggest thing is like, um, just reassurance that I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've worked with so many nutrition people who are great at what they do, but their, their goal in their business is to like help you like lose weight and look great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas with Laura, it's like, my goal is to help you balance your hormones and have food, like not control every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started working with her in early June um, and I got a period at the end of June. So like they're getting more regular. Um, and yeah, I'm like waiting for another one right now actually, but, um, yeah, I mean, so it's been quite the journey and and I think recovery from HA is like anything but linear. It's just not, you know, they're like not black and white. At least it hasn't been for me and other stories I've heard of, of women. It's like just that constant, you know, I think pressure in society and social media and to like look a certain way and, and be a certain way um, makes it really hard when HA recovery is like going against the grain, you know? Um, Dude. I mean, this is like bringing up so much for me first when you said you started working with Laura in June and you got your period by the end of June, that's kind of like, what you were hoping to get from the Provera challenge. Right. But in it sounds like you were, you know, this whole entire time up until 
working with someone to like keep you accountable and keep you reassured this whole time you were like ebbing back and forth and like thinking you're recovering and doing the right thing but probably had some disordered tendencies coming in that was like oh I ate a lot yes like I I was all in eating everything yesterday and I feel bad today so I'm going to restrict a bit today like that's probably what happened that's what happened with me we sound really similar yeah and then when you actually just spent a whole month being consistent with the protocol and not necessarily just like eating all the things but also eating probably the things that you very specifically needed Mm -hmm. that was enough to get you sounds like you were not that far away I keep hitting the microphone sounds like you were not that far away from that like HA threshold and you were able to like your body responded so quickly to you giving it what it needed which was really really cool and on the society thing like dude even just this morning I was like, I don't like to engage with people on the social media, but I just did. I was just having a day and I totally (laughs) regret it because I just don't feel good about it. But I just came across one of those people that like you forget really, really exist where they think, you know, weight gain is a direct result of like who you are as a person Mm -hmm. and that it says something about your health and there's no difference between weight gain and obesity like uh, that you sh- that to, to you should be the very specific ideal is so strongly ingrained mm-hmm. that even you and I still think that way to a degree oh for sure yeah like it's ah all right go on yeah i don't know if i'll ever like if if that's ever going to go away but today I know how to counter it and, and to stop myself from getting in that, that like squirrel cage of, oh my gosh, well, I need to lose weight. I need to be thin. I need to be muscular. I need to, you know, just all the things that you can because, at least now like identify that you're having an irrational thought. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. When, as before it was like thought action, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know? And so, yeah, because I have to, you know, it's really important for me to think back to the time where I was all those things, you know what I mean? I was, I was, um, I was fit and in shape and, and the like ideal, like model of health and wellness that I had in my mind and I was super unhealthy. Um, so that's important for me to remember that my body size doesn't determine how healthy I am. You know what I mean? Because for the long time, I just associated it with the two together and it's just not that for me. Yeah. Like we've all had those, those times. One of the first encounters I ever had with that was in high school, my high school best friend had dropped a bunch of weight. I hadn't seen her in a little while um, because we ended up going to different schools at the end of high school, but I hadn't seen her. She dropped a bunch of weight and I was like, what happened? And she was like, did you know? Now, Australians love banana bread. Banana bread is like our national (laughs) food. And um, she's like, did you know that banana bread is super healthy? And I was like, at that point I had gotten into like the paleo sphere. I was like pretty interested in Mm -hmm. nutrition. And I was just like, what? (laughs) She's like, I just have been eating three pieces of banana bread a day. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I've been losing weight. And it was just just like, oh my gosh, this girl associates banana bread with health food, like associates extreme weight loss with health. Yeah. And that's prominent even just today. Like mm-hmm. these, these are beliefs that we have and they are 
they are forming like comments like that through our life are really reinforcing these weird beliefs we have that like smaller is better yeah less is better and it's just yeah wild. I hate that because it's just I mean yeah it's just so far from the truth I guess and it's just everywhere all the time so that's why I'm super excited to like I said be on this podcast but also be able to like share things on social media to like counter that message because I feel like that message is just everywhere. So to have, you know, women like you and me and, and all these other women that are in HA recovery and um, to, to share messages that just counteract that belief. I know for me, it brought me a lot of comfort. Like once I started searching like body positivity hashtags and like HA recovery instead of like fitness motivation or like Insta fit, I mean, it just completely just changed like my outlook. So, yeah. Do you remember one of the first times that you saw the concept of, oh, what do you mean everything that I believed is actually wrong? Like, do yeah. you have any memories that stick out in your mind? Um, I mean, I think probably like when I first got diagnosed with HA, it was kind of like a, I think I probably like had a grieving period of like, so you mean yes. to tell me everything? Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy, this is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well. And how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA, and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash 
masterclass. I've been doing and everything I've been told since I was a kid is like, has made me super unhealthy. And like everything I, my pursuit of health has right. <laughs> betrayed yeah. me. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so I think that was probably the first time that I was really like shocked and kind of just, wow. Okay. So maybe I don't know best, you know? Um, and it really, because like I said, I, I was the head trainer at a gym and uh, I help people with nutrition and I have a nutrition certification and, and all these things. And I'm like, okay, so maybe like, I need to look at this from a different a different way. Like it, it's not always just move more and eat less. You know what I mean? There's so many intricate things that go into it, especially when you think about hormones and, and stuff like that. So, um, that took me a while to come to terms with that as well. Just that like, Hey, maybe, maybe what I've been doing, I need to just change, change all those beliefs and, and go a different route. You start um, taking inventory of every belief you have in your mind. Yeah. And you're like, is that a disordered belief? Is yeah. that a disordered belief? Like has me promoting people, you know, getting less sleep in just to get the opportunity to get up early before work and take a long walk or something. Is that about like a negative belief or, yeah. you know, just finding ways to, to like get exercise in throughout the day. It says, because not all of that is inherently bad. Right. You know, we are a sedentary society now and it is good for us to get movement in. So it starts to become really freaking confusing because there are elements of what you've learned that are healthy, but it's almost like we've taken it just too far and we need to like find that balance of like, okay, what am I preaching that's good? How can I make sure I'm teaching it, preaching it from like a positive, helpful place, definitely not a damaging place. Yeah. And it's like, I'm still dealing with that every day. Yeah. I think for me, something I was kind of examining last week or the week before was, you know, I am a hundred percent supportive for people that like also want to lose weight. You know what I mean? Because people that have health issues and, and, um, that losing weight is going to be a good thing for them. Then yes, do that. Like do it the healthy way, do it a sustainable way. I think that, it becomes unhealthy when it starts to like control every aspect of your life. And that's what happened to me was, you know, I, I would take my container of broccoli and chicken everywhere and not enjoy dinner with my friends because I had to eat at this time or mm -hmm. the world was going to fall apart. You know what I mean? So for me, it became like where it brought more bad to my life than good, but there, the people, you know, I've seen people on, on weight loss journeys who it's, greatly improve their quality of life. So I think it is just finding that balance of, Hey, you know, can I lose weight and exercise, but also enjoy life? Or is it taking the joy out of my life? Yeah. Yeah. It's not that black and white. Yeah. There's definitely a balance. And I think a lot of us are able to see now where like, maybe we're taking that a little too far. Yeah. And I still, to this day, I mean, I, I'm still like super, super new in recovery and I'm learning every single day of, of things. And you know, it was like, since I've started this protocol, it's, um, you know, I, I do like to eat at certain times just to like help my body stay on a schedule and stuff. But my husband and I were at the beach like, um, two weekends ago and the beach is like an hour away from us. So it was going to take like an hour to get home. And, and I was starting to get hungry and I started getting in that mindset of like, oh my gosh, I need to be home by noon so I can eat, you know, or, and then I'm like, 
hey, we can just get lunch. Like I, I can just go out and eat lunch. Like it's going to be okay. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah. I don't have to get home and like try to beat traffic to be able to eat at noon when it's like, hey, we're right by like 20 restaurants. You know what I mean? So yeah. little things like that for me, like are wins because before it would have been, it would have ruined the whole day and it would have been, you know, just a whole production where it was like, hey, let's just go have a nice lunch and then, you know, I'll eat like my normal dinner or whatever. Um, yeah. So that's been a really, really cool thing. And in addition to getting my period back, I'm also finding like all these other areas where I can be like a little less restrictive and a little less like crazy about it, I guess. Um, and that's really cool for me. I think the the mental recovery has been just as great, if not maybe even more great than like the physical period. Can you share what some of those other areas are that it's seeping through to? Yeah, I actually had this experience last, not last night, the night before. So I'm like waiting for another period and I'm kind of in that like, oh, I kind of just want some chocolate, you know, like I want, I want something like that tastes good. And um, so we like went and got this, um, got some cookie dough and made some cookies. And like, I only ate two cookies because like, I knew that like tomorrow I could have like more if I wanted, you know what I mean? Whereas before for me, it was like, I have to eat these 10 cookies right now because like, this is my cheat meal and I don't get another one until like next Saturday. You know what I mean? So it, it would turn into more of like a, like a binge where it's like, let's yes. go, let's go to dinner and get an appetizer and the meal and dessert. And like, cause I only have this two hour window where I can eat this stuff. And, um, it was really cool for me. And like, just to eat two cookies and not sneak back. Like when my husband's not looking to like get more, you know what I mean? So just little yeah, things like I that. <laughs> I do know what like, It's actually really freaking cool. Yeah. When you notice yourself being like, I actually genuinely don't want more of this. Yeah. Like, I was like much. waiting for myself to be like, you yeah. know, and I'm like, no, I'm uh-huh. good. It was kind of like a weird thing for sure. Um, I, I really love, I really want to sit on this point for just a second because one of the most common questions I get is like, but what if I can't stop once I like, what if I can't oh, yeah. stop eating? Like I'm so I was very worried about that too. If I break my rule, but as soon as you don't have this rule and you have this permission and you're like, you could eat a third or a fourth or a fifth, if you really wanted to, there isn't this window of time that's like ticking. Mm-hmm. It's telling you, yeah, once the clock strikes midnight, it's back to restriction. Mm-hmm. Once that stops happening and you know, you can have more tomorrow. It for many of us, it happened for me. It might take a little longer, like a few more days, a few more weeks for other people, but it Im- immediately changed everything. And a lot of what you're talking about throughout this whole story is all these different perspective shifts and how you were standing from one perspective, seeing things a certain way. And then you had this experience or this conversation with a doctor or something like that. And then suddenly, you were in the exact same situation, but you were just looking at it from a different angle and everything changed. Yeah. It's yeah, cool. for sure. That's it's like I said, the mental, mental wins have been awesome. And also just, um, I used to get really, and I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but I used to get really like, I would say like freaked out or upset if I couldn't sleep. Like, I don't know what it was in my brain, but it was like, yeah. if I just like, couldn't like, if at 10 o'clock I wasn't tired, it was like a whole production it was like in my brain, it was like, I'm never going to sleep again. And I have to get up early to go to the gym. And like, I need to go to bed. You know, it was just kind of like this anxiety type thing um, because my, my life was so restricted. So it was like, I have to go to bed at 10 so I can wake up at five so I can go to the gym. And like, God forbid I stay up till midnight, then I'm not going to be able to get up at five. And just all those like kind of controlling restrictive thoughts around 
not, not even food, just like lifestyle even. Yeah, and, um, no, I didn't even think about that, but I had the exact same experience. Yeah, I would, so I would get really upset if I was lying in bed and I couldn't sleep, and I would just <laughs> find a way. But now, in recent months, I've just been like, oh, I mean, it's four a.m. and I'm up, but I'm up, up. So, well, I only slept five hours, I guess, but I'm just gonna get up. I'm just gonna have my day. If I want to go to bed early, I will, and if I end up sleeping ten hours tonight, great. And you're just way more fluid. Yeah, how life goes. But yeah, back then you're like, I eat this much a day. I sleep this many hours a day. I train this long a day. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so I had that experience a couple weeks ago where I, um, I ate like some dark chocolate with like my last meal and it had like some sugar in it, which kept me up just naturally. I'm like really sensitive to sugar. So it was like, I couldn't go to sleep at the time I normally do. And I was like, yeah, like whatever, like I'm just going to lay here and if I can't sleep then you know, I know eventually I'll fall asleep. So like, it's fine. And the next morning I woke up and my husband was like, could you not sleep last night? And you were just like, fine. I'm like, yeah. And he was like, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Cause normally I'd be like, I don't know why I can't sleep. Like I, I have to go to sleep and it would just be like a huge production. And now it's like, yeah, like I'll, I'll sleep eventually. You know, it's, it was just like, okay. So just those things for sure have just been, like I said, maybe even more like more cool to me than the period itself. Cause I can just flow with life more. Like you said, just be more fluid and like, just kind of go with whatever's happening. And, and not every day is like that. I don't want to give off the vibe that like every day I'm just like, Oh, whatever. Cause I do have those moments and, but they're moments now versus like days, mm-hmm. I guess would be the best way to put it. Like it's, and I can recognize the, those moments of like, Hey, I like, I shouldn't have acted that way or like it's not that big of a deal versus like all day and just controlled by these like rules I had around food and exercise and stuff. So yeah, it's cool. Um, also like I bought bigger clothes and that is key for me in recovery is like to stop trying to fit into the clothes I fit in a year and a half ago. Um, because that just makes me like want to go back to old ways. Um, And once I finally got to the point where I'm like, you know what, like, I just need to buy bigger clothes. That was like another mental hurdle that I was able to like, um, jump over. I'm just trying to like, just kind of accepting the fact that like, I'm no longer that size, but that doesn't mean I'm any less of a person and just getting rid of those clothes and buying new clothes and, um, and just enjoying it, enjoying the fact that I get to do that. And, um, that it's not a bad thing has also been another one of those, those big wins for me. So. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a tip every single person has given so far. It's like, just wear clothes that fit you. And I just, I love like the moral of, of how it's not even as much as the of the period as it was, like everything else that came with it. I think that's what makes healing from HA so impactful for a lot of people. Like if you get a cold and you heal from the cold, you don't suddenly feel so inspired to share your story <laughs> about like your cold. Yeah. There's a like, there's a lot of that, but something about when we heal our periods, because it's not just the fact that we got our period back. We're actually like, Oh, I had no idea how much my life sucked. Yeah. <laughs> we For had real. no idea because we had, the, we had a slow gradual progression into this like obsessive perfectionistic lifestyle we were convinced we were perfect convinced we were doing it right and we just were totally brainwashed like by ourselves and 
society and like Fitzbo stuff. And yeah. once we get our peer back, it's almost like what that analogy about training for an event before. And like the period was the trophy and we're like, who cares about a trophy <laughs> where it's like, it's the glory from all of the hard work that we put yeah. in. Oh yeah. There was this whole, you have no idea how much work we just put in and how much our life changed and how opened our eyes are because we, we got uncomfortable. We showed up every day. We put in the hard work. It's, I mean, it all makes so much sense in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like I said, I think this, I mean, I've, I've run marathons and ultra marathons. I've done a lot of really hard things. This is by far the hardest thing I've ever done. So wow, I would say, I mean, because it's a daily, it takes daily action and daily like commitment. And I mean, I, I know how to lose weight. I know how to be thin. I know how to be like a, a good athlete, but I didn't know how to take care of myself. And that's been this whole process for me is, mm-hmm. is learning how to actually like, what does my body need and how can I do that? Um, versus like, I just need to push through and, and have another training yeah. session or run like another staying, mile or whatever. Staying, putting your blinders on and like staying within the rigid, rigidity of your marathon training program is actually pretty easy. It's really easy to have a set of rules that yeah. you follow and sure it's hard sometimes like to restrict food and blah 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 but at least like your north star when you're doing that is very clear but yeah. when you're going through ha you're full of doubt you don't know if this is working you're constantly being distracted by your past life and you're battling so and and when you're you know training for marathons and stuff like that you're getting praise pats on the back from everyone people are so inspired by you but when you're going through ha there's just like less people know what the hell is going on and it's really hard to convince or to at least like you have this story in your head that people are watching you and they think you you've just changed your mind and you're just crazy <laughs> now yeah. oh my gosh I can totally everything. relate to that yeah that was exactly That's why I'm talking about it because everyone's like at home going mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. seriously I'm like people are just gonna think I let myself go and they're gonna wonder what happened and it's like I want to like shot from the rooftops like I'm trying to get my period back but like that's kind of like a taboo thing like people you don't really talk about periods like with the strangers you know what I mean so I like yeah for sure that was that was really and hard you know for what's me funny? what's funny like the term actually let yourself go like in a negative sense what does that even mean because a part of it sounds a little bit like yeah you know I did let myself go I like let go yeah and and but there's such a negative connotation around that like oh she let herself go I think it actually stems from like a sarcastic point of view or something yeah it's like oh she let herself go like good for her I guess well actually yeah I did let myself go I like, yeah. let go of this insane amount of control that I was having yeah. Maybe we should take that phrase back. <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah, I did. Like, mm, because yeah, that's literally, that's what it is. You, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, I, I definitely don't regret at all 
getting healthy and getting my period back. You know, like you just said, though, in, in HA, when you were comparing it to like marathon training or whatever, it's like you have that end goal. I think the hardest thing for me, not the hardest, but one of the hardest things for me in HA is like, you have no idea like when your period's going to come. I remember I'd be like, just show me a sign body. Like every show day. Me. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, are my boobs hurt? Like what's going, you know, just trying to figure out like, like, am I just imagining it or is it like, you know, just. Did you like look into your underwear every time you went to the toilet? Oh yeah. I would wipe and be like, oh, nothing, you know, just like uh-huh. every single time. I had this like one pair of orange underwear and <laughs> when you like sweat into that underwear, it would leave like a dark patch that kind of looked like blood. So every time I wore that <laughs> that specific pair of underwear I yeah. would have to like look really closely <laughs> at it and I would just be like it's just the orange underwear it's just yeah. the orange underwear <laughs> yeah but yeah I wish there was a way for your body to be like okay it's gonna happen next month it's more just kind of well, like I mean like let's talk a little bit about mucus so I didn't know about that for a while but yeah I definitely yeah. do now so when I got my first period I actually wasn't I had just forgotten about it <laughs> that that was something that happened I remember being like and I think there's also a bit of a tabooness and a misconception about um, cervical mucus. When you're younger, you don't, you actually think it shouldn't be happening. Um, there's a popular podcast, Fertility Friday, and the host there, Lisa Hendricks and Jax, she talks about how she actually went to the doctor because she had cervical mucus and she didn't know what was happening. <laughs> yeah. And the doctor put her on the birth control pill. So, but now we know especially if you use the fertility awareness method where you track your cervical mucus, your mm-hmm. cervical position, your basic phase of body temperature, you know that when mucus is coming, it's a sign of ovulation is impending. So when, if you're waiting for your first period, one of your first signs that you might see is you start to get some like mucus, maybe some white lotion mucus, maybe some clear mucus. It looks all different colors and yeah. textures but it's a really positive sign that your period's coming but if you don't know about that yeah you're only looking for blood yeah when I got my first period back so like during the time of recovery like I said I was kind of just kind of guessing and when I got my first period back I actually felt myself ovulate and then so I, I like get a, a pain, yeah I get a pain on the right like my right side um when I ovulate it's normally always on the right and then my, my basal body temperature was elevated as well. Um, and we were actually traveling at the time. And I'm like, oh my God, I mean, with everything going on, I'm like, do I have a fever? Like, what's going on? You know, I was kind of like, like freaking out about it. And then I'm like, my doctor was like, it's just your basal body temperature elevated. You know, it was like elevated maybe like a degree. Um, and he's like, if everything is like what I think it is, like you should be getting a period within like the next, you know, 10 to 14 days or whatever it is. And I was like, I didn't believe it. Um, and then sure enough, it was, I think it was like 12 days later, I got, a, I got my first period. So now I, I'm able to pay more attention to the cervical mucus and like ovulation. I can usually tell, um, when that's and happening. it's so exciting. Yeah. It's yeah. Even more exciting. Um, like these little gifts when you've been through HA, it's, you're, it's all just exciting. Yeah. I think if you haven't been through it, you're just like, oh, I hate this. But when you've been through HA, you're like, oh, look at my mucus. Like, yeah. what is this? It's stretching. <laughs> and you just like go out to your husband and you're like, I got mucus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I think I, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm ovulating. He's like, this is cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know, but like, I want you to care. Yeah. <laughs> I want to like, tell my parents about it and everything. They're like, oh, God. Oh, I know. No, but like, again, it's like the things you take for granted, right? When you ha- just have a normal period, you're like, oh, whatever. Like, I have this pain, but I'm like, oh, I love this pain. Like, it means it's happening. So, yeah, there's a lot of, 
a lot of cool things that come with it for sure. Yeah, it actually is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, and like we said, and it's that's cool that we get to talk it. about it. Exactly. <laughs> and if you hadn't been through all of this BS, you wouldn't get to be on the other side having such an appreciation for all of these things. Like so much of the appreciation I have for the life that I've gotten back, the time and the mental energy from this and the appreciation. Like I, I don't think I would have ever cared to understand what a period even did for me if I hadn't yeah. lost it in the first place. So oh, yeah. I can't regret any of it. Yeah, definitely not. I don't regret any of it for sure. I mean, it's it's given me a lot of um, just insight to life and what's important. And so it's been a cool journey. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for sharing your story today. Um, it's been really great. I am just so obsessed with hearing these stories. I It's almost like I was just born to listen to people. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, if people wanted to like reach out, talk to you about this kind of thing maybe they resonated with your story like where might they find you yeah so instagram it's carly underscore owens um with carly with two e's and you can message me on there um my profile is actually um public so feel free to follow me message me we can definitely talk about it i'd love to chat with with um with you guys about your stories and if you have any questions about mine you can definitely jump into that as well yeah i just encourage people to do that because it really helps like the amount of times I get a DM from someone talking to me about this for the first time, they haven't spoken to anyone else. It can feel alienating, but the more you just make a connection and some of my best friends I've made through this whole debacle. So yeah, yeah, like reach out to anyone who resonates with you and just have a chat because for some reason, unsurprisingly, women connect over periods exactly yeah (laughs) yep yep well thank you guys i appreciate it and everyone have an amazing day thank you so much for listening today guys please subscribe to the podcast and if you could head to itunes specifically and leave a rating or review that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with ha who are googling around to find the podcast really easily so if you do that you're doing a service to all of the women